Welcome to Slices, an investing podcast from Hatchet Capital. In this podcast, we talk investing, but we also tell stories that make us laugh and think. To be frank, this is an audio journal for me to work through certain ideas, so expect randomness. But I hope you find it entertaining, and I hope you walk away from every episode learning at least one thing. Today we're going to do something different. We're going to take a break from our normal programming and we're going to do a deep dive into a specific investment. We're going to create a case study on Meta, formerly known as Facebook. This is not a bull or bear case from today, but rather an examination of its recent incredible run, which begs the question, could the investor have seen it coming and profited accordingly? What are the fact patterns? What are the pattern matching that we can do to learn from this situation? And if so, what was the thinking and level of analysis required to have figured this out? And to set the stage for those who haven't followed it along, it's been a fascinating 24 months for the company and the stock price. Just a stone's throw away last November, Meta was trading at $90 a share, and pessimism was at an all-time high. In one year, this is a stock that had fallen 76% from its COVID highs. That's a beating. $100,000 put into Meta in 2021 would have left your account with less than 25k by 2022. Panic had set in. But by the end of last month, if we fast forward to July 2023, Meta had risen from that $90 a share mark all the way back up to $325 a share, a three and a half times return. To fall 76% and then to rise three and a half times is worth investigating. I want to make a disclaimer, my fund did make our initial purchase into Meta in November of 2022, and we continue to hold it today. This discussion is not meant to be investment advice going forward, and it's certainly not meant to be a victory lap or a backslap parade. We have plenty of mistakes to rub our noses in, but because we participated in this story in real time, we have our notes from those months, and we felt we could actually pull from those to make a good case study of what our analysis was, what did we see, what did we miss, um, and make sure that we're not suffering from hindsight bias when we analyze the story. So we hope this provides an honest, hands-on examination of what happened and why. So let's get started. Let's start in October of 2022. The stock is down 75% on the year, and like I said, pessimism is high. To feel the psychology of the moment, I'm going to note a popular tweet. I'll leave out the username for privacy, but there was a very popular tweet that was trending on October 26th, right after Meta reported their Q3 results. This tweet took the Q3 press release and then with red ink marked up pretty much the entire page. It kind of looks like, a, a you know, from a movie when a teacher uh, marks up some student's classwork and gives it a giant F at the top of the page. What they noted were all sorts of issues, which I'll bucket into things, but just to give you a smattering or a taste, revenues are down 4% during an inflation year. Costs are up 19%. Ad prices were down 17%. Remember that number, ad prices being down 17% because Meta works off of an auction market. They do not set the price of ads. So the implication is that advertisers are abandoning the platform if prices are down 17%. Employees were up by 20,000 people year over year. And then next year, management was forecasting expenses to explode upwards from $85 billion to $101 billion, a massive step increase. This tweet called Meta a dumpster fire and was trending. Comments noted that Facebook Blue was dead, Instagram was already dying, the Metaverse pivot was a disgrace, and that 
Zuckerberg had ruined democracy and users were revolting. I want to note that I'm not cherry-picking that tweet either. There's plenty of other headlines and articles sharing this thinking. That was the general sentiment of the moment, which was reflected in that precipitous 76% decline. So, those were the numbers, and that was the sentiment of the, nor- of, of the moment. I want to go ahead and pull all of those different pieces together and really put those pessimisms into what I would say are four large buckets, because that's what we wrote in our notes at that time in November, that there were four main things that were going against Meta at that time. The first and perhaps most important was TikTok. TikTok was eating Meta's lunch, and you could see that reflected in perhaps the revenue decreases, perhaps the engagement decreases, perhaps the ad prices decrease. So that was the first major issue. Was TikTok going to overtake Meta? The second major issue was that management is a liability. Zuckerberg in particular was somewhat of a public enemy number one. There's really no way to quantify that, but he was. He's mocked for how he drinks water in front of Congress. Both political parties somehow hate him for censorship or not enough censorship. And he's chasing this giant metaverse fantasy, and there's nothing shareholders can do about it because unlike most corporations, Meta's ownership structure gives Zuckerberg near total control and immunity from board oversight. Which leads us to the third big issue, is that the metaverse itself and the amount of money being spent on the metaverse seems, or seemed at the time, and maybe still today, like a total waste of time, and money, and resources. The meta employee count was up 20,000 people, this next year's cost is exploding, costs are doubling down, all for some silly VR vision that we're not sure we believe in. So... That's another issue. And then the fourth and largest issue in that bucket, um, the fourth bucket, if you will, maybe not the largest, but one of the largest, was Apple's app tracking transparency, otherwise known as ATT. This will get into the weeds a little bit and we'll explain more later, but it was the biggest story, not just to Meta, but the entire digital advertising space. You saw it in the results of Pinterest and Snapchat and even Google and Amazon. Essentially, Apple had made a large change that people felt had permanently crippled Meta's advertising business. And we'll get into that more later. Now, I want to note that these four things, TikTok eating Meta's lunch, management's a liability, Metaverse is a crapshoot, and ATT had crippled Meta's business, all felt incredibly real at that time. In our notes, we wrote that we shared all of those suspicions. We did feel like TikTok was more relevant by the day. Apple's ATT had clearly handicapped the business. In fact, Meta had noted they were facing a $10 billion headwind from that, and who knew if that number was going to increase. The Metaverse foray seemed crazy and so far fruitless, and and Zuckerberg's public image was not exactly positive. However, come October, all of those things that had been bubbling since early 2021, come October of 2022, the pessimism in the stock had made the numbers simply very cheap. We had ignored the, the company up until that point because the numbers were very high given those headwinds. But once you had one of the best businesses ever trading at less than 10 times earnings, we said that we had to investigate. That just rarely happens. At such a screaming bargain, despite its warts, it demanded to be looked at further. That's when we really started to dig in. So let's go through the analysis. First, first pain bucket was TikTok is eating Facebook's lunch. This was our assumption and a great story, but we were happy to find under examination it factually just wasn't true. And it really didn't take much looking. TikTok was certainly gaining a mindshare with the public and demonstrating cultural influence throughout COVID. 
It'd be silly to say Meta wasn't very threatened, but by November of 2022, that data was already reversing. In fact, Sensor, which does app downloads, was showing that IG had 7 million more downloads in the month of October than TikTok. Instagram, with a much larger user base, was still gaining users at a rapid clip. In fact, TikTok's user growth itself showed issues. It had plateaued month over month and was actually slightly down from two months prior. TikTok's mindshare was, and I think today still is a very large threat to Meta, but the initial numbers for Instagram seemed promising to us. But there was more. We investigated further and found in the quarter, Meta added 60 million DAUs, including 16 million on Facebook.com. Oh, excuse me, MAUs, monthly active users, including 16 million on Facebook.com. Now that's amazing to us because we assumed Facebook.com or Facebook Blue as they call it was pretty much a dying service and all the user growth within Meta was coming from Instagram or WhatsApp. But Facebook.com was adding 16 million users, which is not a lot relative to their $3 billion user base. But how many businesses would kill to add 16 million people to their service in one quarter? And excuse me, I didn't mean $3 billion user base. I meant 3 billion people user base. Meta's businesses, whether it was WhatsApp, Instagram, and even Facebook were growing. This was not a business in decline. This was not a business that was shedding users. It was actually the opposite. So we felt good about the download numbers, but that still could be lagging data. So we wanted to dig in further. When we dug deeper, we got a little bit more emboldened. The first thing we noted is that Instagram had shipped a product called Reels, Meta's rebuttal to TikTok, and the data was showing that it was already starting to work in October of 2022. Meta's CFO, Susan Lee, noted in the earnings call that Reels was adding incremental time spent on the Instagram app, meaning that existing users were increasing their time with Instagram and Reels was not cannibalizing the product experience. The download data tells us how many new users are joining. The time spent data tells us whether or not existing users are abandoning Instagram for a third party like a TikTok or some other competing service. But Reels was showing that incremental time was being added. And then Zuckerberg put the cherry on top during that same conference call when he explicitly added that Instagram was now gaining share with Reels against TikTok. So to hear it from the horse's mouth was reaffirming. Zuck was essentially stating that the TikTok threat was neutralized. And in fact, Meta was starting to go on offense as Reels was beginning to gain share, not just stop the bleeding. And they put numbers to this. They noted that Reels had a $3 billion revenue runway. So what did we do? We went and looked at TikTok's previous year 2021 revenue while we were in the heart of COVID and people were still glued to their devices. And TikTok's revenue for that year was $4 billion. So Reels had already caught up to 75% of TikTok's previous year revenue. And that was just in a short amount of time that Meta had stood up Reels and was already quickly catching up. This gave us confidence actually in two things. It gave us confidence in the technical execution at Facebook, at, at Meta, because frankly, Facebook and Instagram's algorithms are built on a social graph. It's about showing you content based on the people you follow. This is an engine that has been driving Facebook and Instagram for many, many years. Reels and TikTok work on an entirely different architecture an open graph, if you will, showing you the best content regardless of whether you have ever seen that creator, whether you follow that creator. And so to develop a brand new graph and insert it into one of the most powerful, most engaged with apps in the world is like taking a car and while it's driving, developing and installing a brand new engine into that car while never slowing down the entire time. That's incredibly hard to do from a technical perspective. 
And I want to say that from a management perspective, this is an incredibly difficult move to move to do because the risks are enormous. If I'm the user, you're risking putting out a crummier version of TikTok with Reels, which if I want a TikTok-like experience, I'd rather go get the real deal than see a secondhand version. But more importantly, I risk compromising the entire Instagram experience. I go to Instagram for a particular job to be done, and if all of a sudden that job is being taken away such that I'm seeing a degraded second-rate TikTok thing, which is not why I go on Instagram in the first place, I might even abandon Instagram altogether. What we saw was Meta making an incredibly bold move. This is the innovator's dilemma in a nutshell. What was going on in the revenue data? You see, when you put a new form on, whether it's the original Facebook newsfeed or Instagram stories or now reels, you do not yet have ad revenue from that new form that you've put onto that property. You have to work with advertisers to produce advertisements in a totally new way. Before, Instagram was still images that a user would scroll through. Now Reels is this video engagement product, so that means advertisers have to build out video ads, something that takes time, it takes educating the advertisers, and it takes proving that there's a return on that ad spend before advertisers just shift their spend to this brand new format. That means while the user engagement with Reels was getting better as the company was noting, Meta was actively sacrificing revenue by showing more content to users that wasn't monetized versus the previous content that was optimized for monetization. So if you remember that viral tweet that said revenue was down, this was true, but as we analyzed the story, it was clearly a deliberate management decision, and it made perfect sense strategically to lower revenues in the short term so they could focus on fending off TikTok for the long term. So in our deep dive of the TikTok issue, we end up resolving two of our concerns. One, TikTok was not as much of a concern um, than, than we thought, and two, Zuckerberg and management were clearly not a liability. This was actually an organization operating in war mode and executing at an extremely high clip. That excited us. Which leads us to our third issue, which is the metaverse rebrand and spending and this all envision on VR. What is this all about? Frankly, our notes had us very unimpressed. Actually, even today, we continue to question the spend, and that's the biggest issue we have holding this organization going forward. However, we still did the work to unpack the spending. That $101 billion of spending that Meta was promising for the following year, Meta broke those expenses out. And most of this was not going to the metaverse. Despite the name change and the flashy VR uh, uh, um, items out there and the discussion about VR, over 85% of all that spend was going towards data center efficiency and AI. In November, AI was not the buzzword it is today. Otherwise, the stock probably wouldn't have gone down so much. But Meta was already articulating that they were using AI investments to help them solve the ATT challenge. Now, the ATT challenge was the fourth big issue that we were discussing. For those not in the weeds, ATT was a monumental change that Apple made that kneecapped the entire advertising industry. In a nutshell, if someone clicks an ad and buys something, before ATT, Meta could essentially know that the advertisement led directly to that purchase. Apple removed the ability for companies to follow the user from ad to purchase. This meant there was no way for an advertiser to know if their ad caused the purchase. It broke what they call attribution. If I'm an advertiser and I spend millions on marketing and I have no idea if it's effective or not, 
my job, my company, we're all at risk. We will pool that spend and allocate it towards areas that we know is effective. ATT was a giant deal. As I noted earlier, Meta said it would have at least a $10 billion headwind hit from it. But what we saw in Meta's spending was that the billions that Meta was putting into AI was to create AI models that could figure out if a purchase was actually from one of their ads. They built probabilistic determination. And actually, our reading of Ben Thompson at Stratechery helped clue us into this, that this is what all the heavy spending was for. As we did this research, we got excited because the spending was so heavy, so enormous, it showed the magnitude of the problem. What Ben was telling us and what we agreed with his analysis was that, one, if Meta can't crack this, their business is permanently impaired. And in our notes, we wrote the story is uninvestable. However, If it works, if Meta is able to crack what no one else had cracked yet, the sheer amount of resources Meta was demonstrating was required to crack it meant that none of the other competitors had a chance. Snapchat, Pinterest, they simply do not have the financial firepower or data advantage that Meta has. This indicated to us if Meta could solve it, their competitive advantage would widen. But did we see anything that showed Meta had solved it or were on the way? Again, we looked to Ben Thompson from Stratechery's analysis, who showed us that the original critique that ad prices were down, implying advertisers were abandoning the platform. If you remember at the start of this, I noted that ad prices were down 17%. We found that the reality was the exact opposite. Again, Meta gave us all the numbers we needed. Their CFO noted ad impressions had increased 26% without increasing the ad load, while ad prices were down 17%. So a lot of numbers might feel a little wonky, but that ad impression number is key. What that's saying is that there were 26% more ads being shown to users, but critically, Meta was not increasing the frequency in which ads were being shown. So the only way to increase ad impressions by 26% while not increasing the frequency is to have users spending more time in the application. And usually that means through an additional surface area, i.e. the new Reels experience. So the fact that the impressions increased 26% means that if it was a flat pricing model, ad prices should be down equally that same amount. Or worse, if advertisers were abandoning the platform, an increase in supply and a decrease in demand would mean that the ad prices should come down far more than 26%. But instead, ad prices were only down 17%, a lower amount than the impression increase. This means that the viral tweet saying ad prices were down 17% was completely backwards. The price of ads had actually increased relative to the amount of impressions. Advertisers were spending higher rates with Meta, indicating they were seeing results in a time when all digital advertising essentially was frozen out by the Apple tracking changes. This down 17% in ad spend didn't indicate advertisers were pulling back. It indicated that Meta had developed a stronger competitive advantage. So taking a step back, we go back to the four original critiques. One, Meta is losing to TikTok. Any further deep dive of data showed that this was just a false narrative. Two, Zuckerberg was a handicap. This was still harder to underwrite. It was no way, we had no way of determining the political pressures. And in our notes, we wrote we were concerned about 2024 when election season came back and Meta perhaps came back as the forefront of that debate. However, our view was that what we could underwrite is that Zuckerberg had proven multiple times in the history of his company that he was not afraid to make bold and tough decisions in order to go for the long-term outcome. This was demonstrated when he made his first all-in bet on mobile 
post-IPO, um, to his ability to fend off Snapchat stories, to now his handle with TikTok. When we made the investment, we ended up scoring this management higher than any of the other portfolio companies that we have. Number three, metaverse is a giant waste of money. We actually still today believe this is to be true, but we're willing to give the benefit of the doubt and we were able to put the spend within context and find a vast majority of the spending was on AI, not the metaverse. Do I wish that Zuckerberg was instead returning that money to shareholders via share buybacks or some other method? Yes, but in the grand scheme of things, the spend is not outrageous. And fourth, Apple's ATT had handicapped the business. This was definitely true when it was initiated, if you had looked any time in 2021 and the early parts of 2022. But by the end of October, there were clear signs in the numbers that Meta had solved it. In a piranha-infested water, Meta had built a boat while their competitors were swimming naked. So given how cheap the financial metrics were, once we felt confident in the main four variables, we were able to make a big swing on this. Importantly, though, identifying these variables also allowed us to know if we were going astray. Each following quarter, we had signposts and knew exactly what metrics to look out for. You know, we watched things like TikTok versus Instagram downloads. We carefully watched ad impressions versus ad prices. We looked at the Reels run rate. By giving ourselves those signposts ahead of time, it allows us to know any future moment if our thesis is incorrect. And we prefer a system where we know exactly what to look for and when to leave an investment if it no longer meets our expectations. That way we avoid thesis creep. Now, that's not the whole story. That's most of it. But there's actually three things that we did not get whatsoever. And all of these were lucky surprises to the positive. We actually believe that it's likely that the stock would not have appreciated so quickly if these three things didn't happen. We still think our analysis was sound in, term, in determining a long-term return for the company. But the idea that we 3.5x in less than a year was partially or mostly a matter of luck. So we did want to talk about these three things we missed. The first thing is that Elon Musk became enemy number one. Again, no way to really quantify this, but his Twitter saga, his constant political tweets, this pushed Zuckerberg away from being the media's focus of attention, and we had no way of predicting this. Number two, TikTok started to get flack. Indiana as a state issued a government ban. 60 Minutes and many other publications started to popularize how much TikTok is controlled by the CCP. This impacted usage. And then number three, and perhaps most importantly, Zuckerberg initiated the year of efficiency and trimmed expenses aggressively. In reality, this may have been the most important thing in this entire story. It's demonstrated to the market immediately that Zuckerberg had seriousness and was ruthless about operating a best-in-class business. We have no way of predicting he would do this, but we did have the ability to underwrite management and felt very confident Zuckerberg would do whatever he needed to do to get Meta back in the right place. And this was one of the things is cutting expenses. Now, it is important to note that the stock still doubled after they announced the year of efficiency. So the story was still intact even when Zuck announced this and this is, in fact, our largest critique of ourselves. Today's podcast is not a backslap because once Zuckerberg announced this, we should have doubled our position, and we did not. Ultimately, in conclusion, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett once noted that if investing is properly taught, it should be taught from cases. And we thought this was a good case. Um, we, you know, Buffett has this saying that you're trying to identify the key variables of a business, and if something is not predictable, forget it. We thought that we could solve Meta's key variables and that they were knowable and predictable in November. 
in any case, uh, I think the last really takeaway that we have from this experience is that one, um, it's most important to make sure that anytime you're analyzing a business, you have a long-term orientation. I oftentimes say that the value of any financial asset is the sum of future cash flows discounted to today. But when you're thinking about buying stocks where you have a holding period for less than one year, a short holding period, you're going to be teaching yourself that the only thing that matters is sentiment or asking what the price catalyst is. You might have been looking for something like that year of efficiency. And maybe you would have done well, But by looking deeper at the actual business and the underlying business drivers, we were able to feel much more comfortable with Meta as a long-term business and what they were doing to build on that competitive advantage and building a larger and larger moat around them. I'm actually a big fan of John Huber from Sabre Capital, whose entire philosophy is based on the idea that stocks fluctuate more than the underlying businesses. I'll say that again. Stocks fluctuate more than the underlying businesses. His time is spent identifying great businesses, and then he lets those fluctuations in the stock market, or what I might call the fashion market, bring those businesses into a decent price towards him, at which point he'll buy. I find a lot of sense in that approach, and his returns tell the story. I think the second thing that's a conclusion to to think about is how much narratives follow price. We oftentimes think it's the inverse, but when something is low, We will tell ourselves all sorts of stories why that company is in the gutter. When something is high, we will come up with narratives as to why that company is amazing. I mean, just look at Meta today. Right now, most of the commentary around Meta is how they are going to double from the here and and all the excitement around the new innovation that Meta is doing. Meta did not stop doing innovation in 2022, but how we look at it, In 2022, we look at it, wow, look how much money they're spending. This is a waste. In 2023, look at how much investment they're making for the future. This is exciting. So remember that price should not dictate the narratives that you have. It's helpful to be aware of what the the narrative is in the company, but almost compartmentalize that, put that aside, and then independently investigate and create a story for yourself based off of the actual data on the ground. So that was our case study on Meta. Thanks for listening. We'd love any feedback. We'll catch you next time.